Are you offering your clients the experience they really want? Or are you offering them what you think they want? Join hosts Laura Gregg and David Partain from FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds as they talk with a variety of industry experts and advisors, just like you, about their latest industry research to help you develop the flexible mindset you need to rise above the crowd. Hello, and welcome to the Flexible Advisor Podcast. I'm Laura Gregg, and I'm joined with my co-host, David Partain. Hello, David. Hello, Laura. How are you? I couldn't be better. Um, On the Flexible Advisor, we seek to invite guests that will provide unique insights and actionable ideas for advisors that want to fine tune or grow their businesses all while deepening client relationships. And for those of you who have been following this podcast, you've heard me mention the race to scalability, FlexShare's decade-long research study on where and how advisors are finding efficiencies to grow their businesses and better serve their clients. In November of 2020, we released our sixth biennial report, which can be found through a link in the show notes. This study, and I'm going to brag on Laura here, where Laura was a pioneer on and she has successfully managed since 2010, it looks at outsourcing in order to gain advisor practice efficiencies. And so it dives deep into the important decisions that advisors have to make on how to deliver investment management to their clients. While most advisors do keep the function in-house, we found many fully outsource it to a variety of third-party managers, and also they take a hybrid approach, too, for many of them. Well, thank you, David. It has been a project that's been near and dear to my heart for many years. Oh, yes. It is is your baby. (laughs) Or as my family says, my fourth child, who (laughs) I sometimes like better than my other three. Uh, (laughs) But anyhow, I I am so excited to welcome Noreen Beeman, president of Orion Advisor Solutions, to the podcast today. Noreen has been a supporter of this research for many years, and her insights into the challenges that advisors face while trying to decide whether to seek investment management help have been invaluable over the years as we have built and updated our survey. So as I mentioned, Noreen is president of Orion Advisor Solutions and a member of Orion's board of directors. Prior to her current role, Noreen was CEO at Brinker Capital, where she helped advisors and their clients build better outcomes for more than 30 years. Noreen has received numerous accolades for her lasting impact on the financial advice industry, including the Philadelphia Business Journal's Most Admired CEO, Investment News 2017 Women to Watch Award, and the Greater Philadelphia's Entrepreneur of the Year alongside Chuck Widger in the financial services category by Ernst & Young. Noreen, welcome to the Flexible Advisor podcast. Uh, Thank you, Laura, and I'm excited to be here. And I want to echo David's comments on Mm -hmm. um, your championing of this survey. Uh, It has been a um, wonderful survey for us at um, while I was at Brinker for shaping the way by which we went to market and understanding the needs of the financial advisor and how we better partner with them. So one, I would like to thank you on behalf of the former Brinker Capital team and now as being a part of Orion. 
So Noreen, I also want to extend my welcome. And like the rest of us during this crazy year, you've been through some changes, although most of us haven't been through a merger. And that was the merger between Brinker and Orion. What has it meant for you personally and also for the advisors that the firm serve? So, um, yes, it has been an um, interesting moment in time to um, merge two organizations with um, both Brinker and Orion. And now as president of Orion, I oversee the growth and investment arms of the company. Um, since we announced, we've actually merged. So we, we announced in June and um, virtually uh, merged the two organizations. We closed our transaction in October. So we've been busy working with a larger team to combine our in-house investment management um, with CLS Investments and the Brinker Capital team. And we're going to focus on the next year of getting to know each other. Um, you know, those pleasantries in the beginning of every meeting of actually saying hello to each other, those are sometimes lost in that, uh, you know, virtual environment. So we're working yeah. hard to be a little more present um, and just spending some more time getting to know each other in terms of um, tying the organization together. And um, when we think about integration of the Brinker and Orion technology is digital, digitally linking to the entire advisor investor relationship. I think that's important um, now more than ever um, as we look at partnering and, and, and part of that outsourcing process. You know, building out our comprehensive investment offering through the combination of both Brinker Capital and the Orion offering, that CLS investment offering. Reimagining um, how we go to market through our distribution model, and I don't think that's very different than other of the investment management firms that may be listening to this, is, is how do we create that engagement, support that financial advisor, has that financial advisor create that engagement with that end investor? So reimagining through technology. I think some of the challenges that we've all, you know, kind of faced through this um, pandemic is, you know, how do we really stay connected? And then what are we going to do now that we're going to get past that we can actually get back out and about, but what do we take from this experience that the best of the things that we learned and move forward that way? Um, building out our practice management programs to help advisors grow their practices, incorporating behavioral finance. I think now more than ever understanding um, how people are thinking about their money and, and really enjoy in that customer engagement journey. So joining Orion has opened a lot of doors. Um, really excited about what it means. Very much talking about when we think about the survey about scale. Um, one of the um, opportunities for Brinker and merging with Orion was really to embrace scale and that tech enablement that allowed Brinker to really deliver an improved investment process. And that's through our prospect plan and best achieve framework. So everything our advisor learns about the individual investors through our digital marketing campaigns. So we're really excited about linking that um, at Brinker and um, being a part of that new experience with Orion. Wow, Noreen, what a time to have a merger. Wow. Uh, so on this okay. podcast, we've spent a lot of time talking about steps that advisors can take to serve their clients better or better yet to create an exceptional client experience for them. It seems that you, have, you are also passionate about putting the clients at the center of everything you do. So in the Race to Scalability survey that we mentioned at the top, advisors have told us for the last 10 years that they chose to work with external managers so that they'll have more time for their clients. I'm wondering what you're hearing from your advisor clients. Are they finding that utilizing your firm services enables them to deepen relationships with their clients? 
I think first and foremost, we do focus on working with advisors that are focused on that client, that fiduciary advisor that are focused on that end investor experience. It's that really kind of, it's our purpose, what gets us up in each and every day. And, and when you think about the financial advisor, financial services is being in service to others. So advisors today are finding themselves as that trusted advisor, that behavioral coach, helping clients feel safe and secure, informed financially and emotionally, especially now more than ever. Um, really, you figure the baby boomers facing retirement, um, small business owners navigating challenges around how are they managing that through, even any type of business owner managing that, even if you're just being trying to be philanthropic, how are you managing all of those things? And that role of that financial advisor is more challenging each and every day. So with that, focus, work that focus of the fiduciary framework, the Orion, Orion is really working hard at really supporting that independent advisor. And we are really finding that now more than ever, our services are needed. And it, it has been really a wonderful opportunity for us to be connected in a way that we didn't think we would be um, during this time. And we haven't, um, deepened our relationship with the advisors through that tools and technology and training that we have offered here. Mm. So Noreen, you know, getting to know you over, over the years, I, I know how important that, that trusted uh, client relationship is to you. And, and, you know, at Fletcher's, we work very hard ourselves to create a holistic relationship with our clients. And, you know, of course, our, our primary focus is to deliver high quality exchange traded funds that can serve as building blocks for a variety of portfolios. But we also seek to deliver value beyond investment product. And the Flexible Advisor podcast is just one way that we do that. Um, but we try to also, you know, as we talked about, provide insights through proprietary investor and advisor research and economic and market uh, strategist commentary. I'm curious about your thoughts on the ways that your newly combined organization plans to offer value for your clients beyond investment management and technology. Um, that merger with Orion and Brinker, um, are there new things coming to the forefront? What's really exciting is that they have some really interesting um, planning technology that's available through advisors. So just having access to some additional planning tools. The work that Dr. Daniel Crosby and Dr. Ali McCarthy will be doing through our Center for Outcomes and additional um, behavioral finance through our tools, training, and technology there, continuing to do some additional research on that behavioral alpha that we can help with advisors and the thought leadership with Tim Holland, our chief investment officer, and supporting, you know, it really more from a global perspective, the global investment strategies of really keeping investors in their seats. So when you think about um, the role we do in supporting financial advisors is really around education. You, know, you come up with a really good plan and then what we have to do is make sure that people keep to the plan and, and life happens and, and life is happening all around us. And so how do we stick to the plan? It's, you know, and, and how do you put that coaching and support around that? And sometimes we need to change the plan and the changing of the plan is, you know, and, and pivot. And I don't think any of us could have said 2020 was a year by which we changed the plan. 
and and we had to use different tools. And how, when we look back at 2020, and, and hopefully we, some of us have had tremendous challenges and, and think of both personally and professionally, and we look back and say where we pivoted and where we made adjustments and where we just hung on and, and held each other tighter. And what are we going to do now with that? And I think as organizations, those of us that have made those changes to hold our people tighter and made the right support and education pieces are going to emerge stronger. And I think with the Brinker Orion team connecting those dots and being there for our employees, for our clients and our communities that we can make a difference. So what I'm excited about is our outward thinking about how do we support those advisors and that advisor client journey? How do we get to that give them the tools that they need to get to their end investor clients to keep them on track to support them in their decision making and be there when they need to pivot so um more to come there um i do believe that the work uh, dr mccarthy and dr crosby will be doing will be very impactful as we move forward and you know I, i'm just gonna give you you all a shout out because you uh have not jumped on the behavioral finance bandwagon you have been building this out for years. And so when a year like 2020 came, you were prepared, you had things in place. And I'm sure, uh, you know, I suppose that was a great comfort to your clients who were especially early in the year trying to figure out what to do with portfolios as the market was plummeting. What was interesting, Laura, about that, I had been thinking that the market was going to get a little um, bumpy. You know, my expectation is we had had a positive market environment. 18 was a little bit interesting when we think about the, you know, that fourth quarter. But I had always expected that, you know, since the financial crisis, we hadn't really had a, a sustained downturn where people would have not known what to do, right? Like, what, like, what were we going to like? So I was working on creating a go bag. I kept thinking like, you know, you, you need a go bag. You don't plan for a crisis in a crisis. You plan for it in advance. So we had been planning on a go bag that when something happened, you turn on the communication efforts, you give the advisors the tools that they needed to be successful. So you're not scrambling. And so we had been working on our behavioral finance work well in advance. We had our communication efforts for our investment team well in advance. And fortunately, what I had ever expected in a lifetime to plan for a pandemic, oh my goodness gracious, no. But to have had that work in place, the fact that on March 16th, as all of we have done, we sent everybody home. You know, one day I'll, I, I will talk about the story of the Brinker being up for sale that we were making an announcement on March 10th, on March 16th, I'm, we, we, we got rid of the, we were no longer for sale. Um, we were sending everyone home and we turned on our, um, how to keep all of our clients focused and safe and happy. And we just went home and we, and we turned and we made it happen. And you know what, that's what planning is about. And that's what advisors, think about what advisors do for clients. That's what planning is for. And you do the best you can. And I think that um, that's the work we do. And the, the really good, you know, it's, we were a private company for over 30 years. We're now part of a large organization um, on a go forward basis. But it was that um, the daily blocking and tackling that gets the work done. Um, there's really no real um you can't really do anything else but get the work done. So that's what we did. But we had been we had been prepared for something of really, I thought market um, disruption, not um, the current environment that we're in. But it did help us be prepared to support advisors in the current environment. Well, you know that's a great story, and you know 2020 just um, just crazy year, and 
you know, for so long, uh, this industry has been talking about the need for advisors to truly embrace technology. I remember last uh, winter speaking at a conference and citing statistics that, you know, the majority of advisors still don't have end-to-end technology. And, you know, in 2020, firms were basically pushed into it as a result of the pandemic. And in our in our Race to Scalability survey, 60% of advisors that were managing all of their investments in-house told us that they were outsourcing technology. And I'm wondering the types of changes you witnessed with advisor clients. Did they did you see them all ramp up on the digital experience uh, throughout their firms? And do you think uh, that 2020 was an inflection point for the industry in terms of a long-term and sustained commitment to more digital practices? What's most interesting to me is the um, many of the East Coast firms, depending on where you were in the country, you were more resilient based on your experiences, I think, with weather. So um, I think East Coast firms, because of Sandy, we were all impacted. So with a very difficult experience, and I'm speaking very primarily for a, like a Brinker Capital. So us, our ability to work from home was very easy because we had been very prepared because we were somewhat ill-prepared in that experience in, in, I think it was 2012. So if you go around the country, I think resiliency around your ability to work um, remotely was very much focused on your weather patterns. And then, um, so again, people moved, and then the cloud base and all that happened. Then our ability to engage virtually was I think a function of just pushing ourselves to step outside our comfort zone. I didn't realize I had so much video capability until um, March. And now, not only professionally, but personally, I I was missed a book club, but I was able to zoom into it now that I am so excited that my family, you know, the opportunities now to be connected in ways that we weren't before. I, we will do the, you know, a little bit of both on a go forward basis. So think of um, stepping outside your comfort zone with video capabilities that we were not doing. Um, you know, I've said on, I think I was on a, a video um, interview recently. I really don't believe I'll go on an airplane for one hour meeting. I think that is actually ridiculous, but I will make a day of it. I will make a two day of it. If I'm going to come out and visit, I would actually like to have a meal with someone. I think we need to do better if we're going to be in person to make that a legitimate engagement experience, as opposed to a half hour meeting. We can do that. Um, We now know we can have that engagement on video. So I think it is an inflection point that pushed things five years ahead. Um, and maybe it's for um, those of us of my age that were holding us back from that. Um, but I honestly did not realize all I had to do was push a button and be on a video um, until March. So it's um, it's kind of nice to know those tools were available. And now I'm actually using them every day. <laughs> I uh, I hear you. I, was, I would have never uh, voluntarily joined a video conference. And, and now I, um, I get kind of upset when I, I go to one and, and all the screens are blank and there's just a couple people that join the video. So, you know, in, in conducting our most recent Race to Scalability survey, the, the great thing about it is that we've got 10 years of data. And so it's enabled us to really see a lot of trends that have changed over time. And you know, one I find particularly interesting is that when we, we first fielded the survey, about you know, more than half of the advisors that were using external managers tended to outsource 
all investment activities. But each year, every other year, as we field the survey, that figure has declined to, uh, you know, in 2020, it was just 12% of those outsourcing advisors um, that were using external managers for all investment functions. And I'm wondering, you know, in your business serving advisors, if you've noticed a change as well in terms of how advisors are using your services through the, the life cycle and the growth of their firms. And, you know, have you made adjustments to accommodate a more hybrid approach if it's one that's uh, needed by some advisors? One of the, um, I think we have to always look, think about meeting our clients where they want to be met. And, you know, Brinker had um, at its core been a full outsource um, partner to its clients. And, you know, advisors may have, high, you, know, you know, bifurcated their practice and used Brinker for a portion of its, their overall practice and then um, built around us um, with other parts of it. Um, they might have used us for their, um, you know, mass affluent clients or their high net worth clients, depending on how they um, were going to market. Now, as a part of a larger organization, we're going to be able to support that advisor at different parts of their business and actually different parts of that, maybe that investor's life cycle. And so whether we can be a part of the, you know, the emerging um, clients where they're, they're just starting out or as they grow in, 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 in their wealth or their needs, that we can be flexible within a part of the outsourcing that they re require. And I think that has is really at the heart of it is really where does the, the advisor drive the value and where do they easily partner part of that outsourcing capability and um, that's probably what was most interesting about the combination of the Orion and Brinker really that open architecture and discretionary part of the offering through Brinker Capital for us is that that open architecture gives that advisor the ability to build the portfolios that they would like to and through a curated um, delivery system, and then Brinker can actually create that discretionary portfolio and do more of that outsourcing part of the investment management for them. And I think that it's important to have that choice because, again, at the end of the day, it's the changing preference of that end investor that that advisor or that advisor's practice as they're building that out and teaming within their own group that they're looking for. So I guess since you were talking about buying Laura and I a meal, I should tell you we like steak. And um, <laughs> no, uh, it has been different though. I used to do a fair amount of traveling as did Laura and it is different uh, these days rather than actually hopping on a plane, you do spend multiple hours on a Zoom call. And we began the survey the scalability survey and began surveying advisors in late 2019, just a few weeks before really the pandemic took off. And as the pandemic hit and the world changed, we were able to add some COVID related questions to the survey, which was pretty lucky. So what we learned was that COVID did indeed have an impact on advisors' views of using external investment help. In fact, 15% of advisors that were using external help said they plan to increase their use of external providers. And 85% of those advisors managing all investments in-house told us they plan to reassess their investment management strategy. So this, we look back over the years and by comparison in 2018, we asked whether their opinion of keeping the investment function in-house would change and just 66% said they would assess using outside help. 
I'm wondering if you saw an influx of new advisors or even saw advisors using more of your services in 2020. In, in fact, we did. I think that um, advisors leaned into the additional resources that we provided during this very difficult time. When you think of the, um, we were fully staffed and ready to go with and, and, and become a deep pot. You know, when you think of what the advisor, when you think of outsourcing, I look at it as an accordion. And that advisor pulls on resources as they need them. So when you th think of the first three months of the pandemic, when the, when the markets were really uncomfortable, really super uncomfortable, um, and that's when the phone calls are hot, and that's when you need more support, and that's when you need more help. That's when you bring in your resources. And that's where Brinker lines up to support that advisor. All right, well now things are, you know, markets have recovered, things are a little calmer, clients now maybe spending more time sitting sitting outside where they couldn't go anywhere, but they were sitting outside. Mm -hmm. They weren't necessarily looking for as much support, they were, were doing different things. So now all of a sudden um, that advisor can and kind of take a deeper breath and maybe think about different parts of their practice in a way that they, they might not have before. So again, we become that, that really that, resource that accordion that they can pull on. So we did see um, an increase um, in clients. We've had a, um, a very strong um, new business year. We've had um, a good retention. We've had good support of the financial advisors that we've been working with for a long time, even given um, the backdrop of a transition, um, which sometimes causes disruption, as you know. Um, but more importantly, um, it is that consistent um, process that they know about us. And I just think that when advisors are looking for partners, that uh, the outsource partner is one that if they know what their process is, they understand um, what they're, um, how they're going to partner with that with their client and what type of investment solution that they're bringing to the investor. Those are good outsource partners to bring to the table. Well, I really like that analogy. That's cool. All right. So it seems we're all looking to do more in less time so that we can grow our businesses. What advice would you give to advisors that are seeking ways to better scale their business or even just to find the time to focus more on their client base? I mean, I think the most important thing is when you think of your advisory practice, it's important to think about what are the key areas of your specialty that allows you to be most impactful in your client's experience? What is your secret sauce? What do you love? Why is the client picking you? And then build your team and your outsourced partners support your efforts because there's only so much of you. Um, and then you scale. I mean, scale today matters more than ever to working with your partners to help support you um, so you can spend more time with your clients. In many cases, clients are expecting you to bring in specialists. I think now more than ever, people are expecting you to bring in specialists, especially as they're uh, during the life cycle. For you to keep that client during their own journey um, as their needs change, they're expecting you to flex in specialist along the way. So the model allows you to continue to grow with that client on that journey. And, uh, you know, time is that one commodity that we can't replicate. Um, I always think it's interesting um, in a little fun fact. I was like the other day I was working out. I'm like, gosh, five minutes when you're working out seems like a lifetime. But when you're doing something, you're, you, you know, you love it goes by in a Second, so it's like you know, when you, that's the key is putting the right partners around you that just allows you to be there for your clients. And most of us, when we get into the business, 
we got in for um, different reasons, but mostly it was to serve those financial, those investors. And so as you think about that and doing the things that you love and putting the people around you that support, support that delivery of that high quality service model, um, that's really how you manage your time, I think, in the best possible way. Uh, that's great advice, Noreen. Thank you. It has been a real delight to have you on the podcast today. And I look forward to speaking with you again, even without the stakes. All right. It's my pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. Well, if you are an advisor and would like to know more about Orion, just visit orion.com. That's O-R-I-O-N.com. Or you can subscribe to their weekly updates and you go to blog.brinkercapital.com. That's blog.brinkercapital.com. If you like this podcast, you may also like our other FlexShares podcast, which focuses on our ETFs called Funds in Focus. You will find it wherever you get your podcasts. For myself and Laura Gregg, we want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us on today's episode of The Flexible Advisor. Thank you for listening to The Flexible Advisor podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds or Northern Trust. All investments involve risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider the FlexShares investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. This and other information is in the prospectus and a summary prospectus, copies of which may be obtained by visiting www.flexshares.com. Read the prospectus carefully before you invest. Foresight Fund Services, LLC Distributor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Although we attempt to keep the information complete and current, we do not warrant that the content herein is accurate, complete, or current. We make no commitment to update the content herein. It is your responsibility to verify any information before relying on it. The content of this podcast may include technical inaccuracies. We may make changes in the products and or services described herein at any time. We provide you this information with the understanding that we are not rendering accounting, legal, or tax advice. Please consult your legal or tax advisor concerning such matters.